Welcome to the Townsend Institute podcast series, Tips, a show produced by the Townsend Institute at Concordia University, Irvine. This podcast provides tips into leadership, coaching, and counseling topics aimed at helping listeners grow in both their personal and professional lives. I'm Dr. John Townsend, psychologist, organizational consultant, and author of over 30 books, including the New York Times bestselling Boundaries series. I'm also the founder of the Townsend Institute, and I'm excited to introduce your podcast hosts, Townsend Institute Program Directors, Dr. Ashley Andrew and Dr. Gilbert Fugit. On today's episode of the Townsend Institute podcast series, Gilbert and I sit down with Pastor Steve Zink, director of both the Center for Worship Leadership and Parish Music Programs here at Concordia, Irvine. Steve shares with us how he and his team helped build that bridge between theology, leadership, and practical skills for their students, musicians, and worship leaders around the world. You got it, Ashley. This episode has great sound bites of information for those in any leadership role, but especially those called to church work. As a former DCE, I can relate to so much of what Steve had to say. When I was in parish, it made me really think about current church workers today striving to combine the long and rich history of theology with the rapid advancements of technology and leadership in the 21st century. How fortunate we are to have stewards like Steve help us out. So let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Townsend Institute podcast series. Gilbert and I are joined alongside our friend and colleague, Steve Zank, here on campus at Concordia University, Irvine. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning. How you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty good. It's a Monday, but uh, still pretty good. <laughs> well, and it's exciting because we're in like this cool podcast room on campus. I didn't even know we had, so. Well, we do. And yeah. let me tell you, Gilbert and I are feeling Pretty special, pretty powerful behind all of this technology. <laughs> yes. And Steve and his team have been kind enough to let us use the podcast room as we are here on campus recording some sessions alongside our Townsend Institute residency. We've got uh, nearly 150 new students starting their oh, that's great. academic mm-hmm. growth journey. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a fun few days. What kind of students are here right now? So they're in three programs. We have our counseling program, executive coaching and consulting program, and organizational leadership Master's really cool. and PhD in, in counseling. Amazing. That's yeah. correct. Master's program, certificate students, and uh, students coming from all over. We've got quite the geographic regions represented all across the United States, as well as some international students joining us as well. Yeah, yeah. people from all over the world. Well, we're excited to sit down and talk with Steve a little bit here today about his uh, journey in uh, church work and music and leadership and how those all have kind of intersected to bring him to where he is here today. So, Let's start with Steve. Tell us a little bit about your role that you have yeah, here. Yeah, uh, Steve Zank. I'm a, a pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And here at the university, one of my roles is a director of parish music program. It's a, it's a really important program. And here, that's the way the university serves the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, the church body that the university is, is uh, connected with. Mm-hmm. And essentially, we walk alongside musicians, young musicians going to college, maybe even a uh, more experienced position going back to college either way uh, to help them prepare to, to be a musician, to do church music in a church context. And that's, that's one of my major roles here at the university. I'm also the director of the center for worship leadership, which does similar things, but for uh, not for students studying to become church musicians, but people who are already serving a church as a church musician. We come alongside them and encourage them with resources and uh, training 
and actually one of the biggest things we found is support, mm-hmm. networks of support and encouragement, uh, the connection with other people who are doing similar work has been important too. So it's a, it's been a really fun role and I really appreciate the opportunity to serve here on campus. And Steve, that you brought us something really interesting. So what are some of the challenges, especially in your uh, Center for Worship Leadership, the students or yeah. I guess practicing professionals there, what challenges yeah. are they experiencing in their congregations? You know, you mentioned COVID just before we started recording, yeah. and that honestly has brought a lot of new challenges mm-hmm. on top of the challenges that we're already, uh, we were facing. Yeah. You know? um, and with COVID, a lot of things have come is, is the sense that we had to broadcast our services online, mm-hmm. but broadcasting services, it's not really as simple as pointing a camera and pushing record. Mm. I mean, there's so many things to consider. And a lot of church workers came under a lot more pressure mm. to do a lot more things mm. to achieve ministry. And so I think what we're facing right now in, our, in the churches is a level of um, having too many tasks and trying to figure out what tasks to take off the plate is a, a major issue. How do you help them realize, okay, this needs to be delegated or actually this is something you need to focus on. This is core. You got to, you got to do this, but yeah. here's some other things that you could let go. At the Center for Short Leadership, everything we do is connected to, we call our three cores mm-hmm. of what it means to be a worship leader. And it's like a disc at the center. It's the sturdiest or stiffest mm-hmm. on the edges. It's the most flexible. And uh, as, a, as a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod oriented organization, at the center is is theology, and not just theology, but a particular theology that we confess as, as Lutherans. Mm-hmm. And so we help train people, encourage people in theology. And then the, the second largest sphere, circle, you know, core is uh, leadership, which is what we, we love what Townsend's doing and on all ways that they're helping people learn and grow as leaders. Mm-hmm. And then the final core, the largest, most flexible is practical skills. So I'd put that in context of an actual practitioner. If you're a church musician in a church context, you have to know theology. Mm-hmm. If you show up at, to a church and start uh, worshiping Baal, no one's going to do that, obviously, right? But it, that's the most extreme example. You're like, wait, 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 this is, this is something's wrong here, right. right? And there are more subtle examples of this, of course. But in leadership, if you show up and say, people don't matter, you know, programs all matter. Let's just get the program done. And you start not attending to the culture of your team, right? That's a problem. And then finally, the practical skills. So if you're asked to uh, to sing a song and you sing in the wrong key, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> an extreme example, but there's all kinds of other examples along the way, uh, how to run a soundboard, how to plan a worship service, how to pick music, how to select keys, all kinds of skills that require, a job requires. Not your question then, Gilbert, the, the sense is, I think what we try to do in these contexts is help people filter those decisions through their three cores. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask, start asking questions of theology and leadership. So it begins, you know, for the Lutheran Missouri Senate, one of the questions is, what's the value of an online service? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's the value of an in-person service? And at what point are we spending too much time devoted to online services? Because, you know... We have to debate this. You know, obviously, online services do great good. Yes. The the gospel is going to places that it hasn't gone before right. and making a significant impact. Mm-hmm. That is important. But yes, ask the question then: is is church missing something? An embodiment side is part of what church is, not just what I can receive from the gathered corporate worship setting, 
what would I, how I participate, what I contribute. And so um, this is a long-winded answer, but this is the way these complex questions need to be answered is a nuanced approach to think about the theology of it, the leadership of it, and then what can I actually accomplish, what can I actually do. So I, I'm pretty sure I didn't provide any answer to your question, uh, but <laughs> no, I did say something. You did. You did. You did. <laughs> yeah. So kudos for that. <laughs> When you're talking about that, especially these different spheres, talking about both, you know, in-person worship, which of course we know that they're, that's the root of, of ministry and faith and, and being that body of Christ and coming together. But then just in recent years, and surely that's been exacerbated by COVID, the online worship, you've got two almost completely different areas operating and you just, you can sense that level of exhaustion trying to manage both. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, what, what amount do you have? And I'm sure that's going to differ by your location, your demographics, the, you know, the people that you're serving as well. So what is a a tip or a recommendation you give to your students or to your worship leaders as they're trying to navigate which, which avenue do we pursue? Do Mm. we try to maintain both? Do we have to choose one? I mean, I'm sure those are some of the questions they're wrestling with. I think the key is what you want to accomplish with it. Mm. And what's the goal? One of the big challenges with a musician on broadcast is that you can't just plug a soundboard into the internet and broadcast it. Mm -hmm. Because uh, what happens is, you know, first of all, the drums sound really bad. You play drums, the drums sound really bad. Because the drums aren't mic, you know, they're mic for the room and they're just supplementing the room. Or uh, even in a traditional service, if the camera is fixed on one location, part of what's the beauty of a traditional space is to look around and observe the architecture in the room. And so I think the issue we have is what's the goal of each thing? Mm -hmm. So if you're broadcasting something online, what's your goal? And uh, sometimes we have to be okay with it not being 100%. Mm -hmm. In other words, was the music online, did it sound as good as in person? No, it didn't. And that's that's okay. And actually, part of this, which is very hard, is that as an artist, if you're a church musician, you're probably an artist who care about your artistry. Things don't sound as good online. When you're a little bit pitchy, you're a lot pitchy online. When you're a little bit off, you're a lot off online. And you have the humility as leaders Mm -hmm. to say, it's okay. I'm not going to sound as good as I do in the room. My team's not going to sound as good, but it's okay. We're here to serve the church and we have to be okay with the fact that we're not going to sound as good online. When people observe a church show us online, maybe you have to realize that we're not trying to provide them an entire experience that is self-sufficient, mm-hmm. but how do you point them to come and join us at the congregation itself? And so I think uh, once you you decide what kind of goals you have, you might be more free for yourself to, for not to be perfect in every instance. Yeah. I love that piece that you talked about, the humility, and that's something we talk about quite a bit in the Townsend Institute in our classes is is just that self-awareness, that humility. And, and you're talking about it from the artistry standpoint. Yeah. I was silent during the drum example because I don't play the drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what you said made complete <laughs> sense now that I think about it. But I think about being a professor, both Gilbert and I have experience being both on campus professors and mm-hmm. now online. Um, we think about the counselors oh, in our yeah. program that meet with clients face to face, but also do telehealth. Mm-hmm. We think about our executive coaching program and those that are coaching individuals face to face in a coffee shop but also online. And that's something that we've wrestled with as well, too. I know my transition to online teaching 
I thought, well, wait a second, you know, where's, where's my whiteboard in the classroom? How do I work around? How do I move around chairs for a small group activity? And it, part of that can be done with the online technology we have. But I think what you're getting at is it's never just going to be the same. It's different. And that's okay. It can't, in fact, it can't, if you run it the same way, it's not going to be be right. Yeah. It's not going to be efficient. It's not going to actually help people learn the best that they could. And when you do it online, you have to use different techniques than if you do it in person. And the same for our leaders, right? I think about those in our program that are are running meetings and they're used to a conference room with 15, 20 people, and now you're doing it on Zoom. So you can still (laughs) run the meeting and it can still be effective, but the techniques and strategies are going to be different. Yeah, And it's funny, I just read an article that Zoom has required their employees to come back to work. Isn't that kind of funny? So (laughs) they don't want that. Oh, the irony. Yeah, isn't that? Well, hey, Steve, so think about what are some success stories that, you know, people you see have... They pivoted. They're doing this really well out there in ministry. You know, that's one of the most fun parts of this kind of work is seeing the maturity over time. Ah. So you, you, even my own self, actually, I came here at Concordia University of Irvine as a musician, and I'll just tell an embarrassing story. I showed up, and uh, John Jordaning was the director here at the time, and I was a young, a young high school, no, just after high school student. I came in, and I said, you know, I, I like to play the in the band here. And, and he said, okay, let's do an audition. He had me write, fill out some forms. And he said, you know, how much do you practice for a service? I said, oh, I don't practice for a service at all. <laughs> I just come up and I, and I re- play what I want to play. And I had all these answers that were just really quite immature. And then through his tutelage, I grew. And he challenged me and he showed me things that I hadn't seen before. And then I got to church context and I leverage those things I learned and I gain more experience. And to me, those the success stories we see in ministry in the director of parish music program are that kind of thing. Not to disparage anybody when they're a new leader, mm-hmm. but we all have the experience where we have a not as much experience and not as much coaching and not as much mentoring. But then along the way we grow. And what I love to see are people that I know have grown immensely in their journey. And I see them in ministry now as leaders, as mentors themselves, sharing the things that they've learned and experienced. And to me, every success story I see in this area comes down to that experience where you see somebody who's been encouraged, given the tools to succeed, put in experiences to grow. And now you see them training up people because they're the mature ones now. Mm. And so there's many people like that in our uh in, in our group. And I share my own story because I don't want anyone else to feel like I'm targeting anyone else, you know, and I'll say, it's, it's not about you. <laughs> well, and Steve, so the mentors, that, yes. that's such a big thing uh, for musicians. And, and I'm sure it can feel isolating in a church, right? Because I bet a lot of these directors of parish music are maybe solo, right? There's not a, big, a big staff yep. there. How do you, what, how do they connect with other people? What do you, how do you encourage people to do that? There's a few ways we do that at the Center for Worship Leadership. And one of the most successful ways recently has been the Songwriter Initiative. Oh. Uh, Kip Fox is one of those amazing leaders who's grown throughout his time, just like myself. He leads that whole program and he gathers songwriters via Zoom mm. every month and they share songs together. And we have a retreat for songwriters here at Concordia University Irvine in the summer, in May, in May. <laughs> and uh, we just doubled capacity and uh, sold out for, for, for 42 songwriters to come and write songs together. That's been a huge success for people to gather and to, to be encouraged as, as songwriters. We also have something called the Worship Arts Leader Initiative, where we gather once a year 
people from all over the country to come around uh, learning and experiences as worship arts leaders in both a traditional and a modern style. And then we encourage them to get together and form friendships. And finally, we have a, we have a Facebook page like mm-hmm. everyone does, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. have to have a Facebook. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, I think we have almost a thousand people on that page nowadays. And people share ideas there. They share uh, hardships there. And there's a group of people of like-minded people with similar experiences, maybe a little further down the road who can offer insights. And so... Um, that's a very important part of our ministry. And we, we do that, I think, well. And I was looking for more ways to do that because you're absolutely right. Someone in a context who's a worship arts leader, a church musician, sometimes it's it's not just they're, they're alone at the church in terms of their job, but they're even regionally, they could be kind of isolated. That's what what great networking, what great support system and community that y'all are building through those initiatives. That's That's wonderful. kind of a fun fact as, as we start to close out here i love to know what's your favorite worship song or artist do you have wow. one that you can uh that's a great question that's a that's a great question i know the right answer but well let's see if steve gets what's it. what's yours no I, i'm gonna hear yours first because you'll, you'll copy <laughs> I, I was gonna co- i wasn't a copy yeah, you actually yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're very savvy <laughs> to know that um you know honestly uh very self-serving here but the songwriter initiative is is an artist we produced a doctrinally viewed lutheran songs for worship Every six weeks, we have a new release. Mm. We just started that. We have um, eight songs coming out. They're in the in the pipeline. Pipe? They call it pipe, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. The pipeline. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the songs are amazing, and the artists are all really uh, amazing artists that are involved in our network. So, you know, it's that's a self-serving question, but the songwriter initiative is a great artist. Beyond that, in terms of the more, more popular artists, what our church has been using a lot is a, an art, a group called City Alight. Have you oh. heard of City Alight? I have not. We've been using them at our church for some for some of our songs, and then we've really connected with them. All right. Lot. So City Alight and the Songwriter Initiative, where can we find the releases for the Songwriter Initiative? Yes. Everywhere. Oh, everywhere. So, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube. We every, every song, we release a, a YouTube video. Oh, is it on like Concordia's website anywhere? Or? It's on the Center for Worship Leadership YouTube okay. page. Oh, wow. Okay. But yes, we also have a, a, a site, uh, a page at the Concordia website. Mm-hmm. If you go to uh, cui.edu, the slash, the, either the backward or forward slash, try what's both. the one you use? Either one. Yeah. Try, try either there one. There is a slash. You all know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Whichever one works. Yeah, yeah it's the slash. <laughs> it's use the slash. Yeah. C-W-L. So cui.edu slash... CWL, Center for Worship Leadership. And I'll take you to the page. And But again, Spotify, uh, YouTube, uh, Apple Music, everywhere you can listen yep. to music is there. Okay. We're adding yeah. it to our list. Steve, we can't thank you enough for your time here today. We close out all of our episodes by asking for your one takeaway tip for the Townsend oh, yeah. Institute podcast series. So we'd love to know, you just gave us great recommendations for songs, mm-hmm. but again, going back to this great conversation we've had on, on your integration of, of faith and leadership and this idea of theology, yeah. leadership and practical skills. What's one takeaway tip you have for our listeners? You know, one thing I've been learning recently in my leadership is that it's a process mm-hmm. and we want to get to the end result. And sometimes we're not the end result. We don't know how to lead through the middle time mm. where you're not there yet with other leaders, with other processes. And how do you, in my experience, uh, how do you actually live in, a, in an in-between time and be flexible with other leaders that aren't where you want them to be yet? 
and uh, processes that are still in process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I want my encouragement would be to learn, keep learning how to be flexible and know that you're in a process, that you're moving towards your leadership goals, but don't act as if you're already there with your team. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> be flexible with yourself and with them and be content with making progress. That's great. That's really good. Thanks, Steve. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll, we'll check out the Center for Worship Leadership and the Songwriter Initiative. Oh, that's the, I, I'm going to get some new songs to listen you're gonna to. You're going to love it. My favorite one was Audio Adrenaline Big House. And so I'm a little <laughs> dated, right? I mean, that that is my mind. So, uh, Steve, thanks for some new new ones. Thanks for joining us yeah, today. Thanks so my much. My pleasure. All right. Take care. Special thanks to Gadesla Bawa, CY alumni, for the Tips Podcast Music. If you enjoyed the Townsend Institute podcast series, head to our website, cuy.edu slash Townsend, to find out more about the certificates or bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degrees offered through Concordia University, Irvine, with programs in organizational psychology, mental health counseling, executive coaching consulting, and organizational leadership, we have a variety of faith-based programs dedicated to helping you fulfill your academic and professional goals, all while further developing your competence and character. Again, that's cui.edu slash Townsend.